Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Rachel Reeds. We recorded this back in June in Rodney, Michigan at Earful of Fiddle Music and Dance Camp. Shout out to Sarah Page, Get Up in the Cool's newest supporter on Patreon. Sarah signed up for the weekly bonus track podcast, which means they get an extra tune or song every week right there in their podcast app. Thank you so much, Sarah. This week's bonus track is the one old-time tune that Rachel and I played, Golden Ticket. Enjoy. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Rachel Reeds. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks so much for having me. Happy Earful of Fiddle. Yeah, this is a great camp. I'm yeah. so happy to be here for yeah, the first time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Yes. Uh, what did we just play? Um, so we just played a tune called Simon's Great Smile. Simon's Great Smile. I know. <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> um, it's a tune by Jerry Holland, who, do you know? No. Jerry Holland at all? Um Originally from Boston, but really became adopted and a representative of Cape Breton Island. Cape Breton Island. And a, com- a huge composer of tunes in that tradition. And this is one of his really lesser known tunes. People Sounds know great. tons of Jerry Holland tunes, and I have not come across this one until recently. Hmm. Um, but it's so sweet. Is there a culture of composing tunes in Cape Breton and playing new tunes and like, what's the new tune? Yeah, it's not definitely. all old stuff. It's yeah. I think throughout the, throughout the music that I know from Cape Breton, a lot of old Scottish tunes, um, a lot of tunes that people picked up from books that were brought over. Yeah. Um, but then also a lot of composing 
of tunes too. Yeah, do people hold composed tunes in the same regard as like this is now part of the canon or this part of the tradition or are people what's the process like for saying like yeah, this is now one of our tunes? Um I think that's that is a great question because I've heard stories where people will write a tune and not admit or share that they had written it and they'll try to like sneak it into a set. <laughs> And then maybe if someone asks, like, oh, what was that? Or if it kind of, like, passes, yeah. um, then... <laughs> then they'll admit to Then maybe to they'll like, admit yeah. to it. Um, but also, like, um, there's a publisher um, and composer in Cape Breton called Paul, Paul Cranford who has just put out a series of books, and they contain traditional tunes and newly composed tunes. And so I think there is this sense of, like, putting tunes out there um, in written form for people to yeah. learn. And then, of course, with, like, modern recording, yeah. I think people like to put their own tunes yeah. in the mix. Cool. So, yeah. But Jerry Holland's just written a ton of yeah. tunes, and I think they're all considered part of canon. <laughs> I'm, I'm always interested in, like, how different traditional music communities or scenes um, how they decide uh, what what the tradition is and how static it is, or how um, how much room there is for it to expand or continue. Um, I don't know anything about Cape Breton music. I don't even know where the dang island is. <laughs> will you will you just give people a crash course? Absolutely, Because we're going to yeah. do multiple Cape Breton-specific things today. Totally. As well as maybe an original, maybe a maybe couple, a yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. But that's your thing. It is my thing, and it's kind of a little weird for me because I'm not from Cape Breton. I don't have these family ties, so it's kind of an adopted tradition for me. But it is a pretty strong tradition and community in Boston where I've been living for the last... 20 or so years. Yeah. So I feel like I know it pretty well, but I also don't want to be like the expert My on people. Cape Breton because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I still am sort of an, an outsider to that. But I've been to Cape Breton many times. Beautiful place. Um, you basically drive up the coast of Maine okay. into New Brunswick yeah, and then into Nova Scotia okay, and then keep driving through Nova Scotia. And at the tip of Nova Scotia is an island oh. that is part of Nova Scotia. It's up there. It's up there. Okay. And if you then drive to the top of Cape Breton Island, town of Sydney, you can take a ferry to Newfoundland. So it's like okay. getting that getting that direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so I played some Newfoundland music. Okay. And maybe I can hear, are, would you say there's some, some similarities? I don't know super much about Newfoundland okay. music, but I'm sure, I'm sure there are okay. similarities. And... Um, from what I understand, Cape Breton was mostly settled by Scottish yeah. immigrants. But there's a huge um, uh, French influence as well. Okay. There are French parts of the island, French right. cities on the island. Yeah. Yeah, and what, what would you and say... And Irish, Irish is a big influence as well there, too. So it's kind of everything. What would you say happens to those tunes once they get uh, filtered through... Cape Breton, through the years, through the years. <laughs> How Scottish do they sound when they're play, when they're played okay. as Cape Breton tunes? But it's Scottish repertoire. You know what I mean? Like what's what changes? Um, 
This is a good question. This is kind of my impression, so I'm not... Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like musicologist or anything. There is a sense maybe at, you know, on Cape Breton, at least with the, the dance for sure, that it's almost like more Scottish than Scottish music. More. <laughs> <laughs> that it was like preserved in a way where it was like a little more isolated. Okay. And then whereas... Scotland maybe had some more like yeah. continental influences and just maybe went in a different direction. I don't I don't think that's likely that it's like preserved exactly whereas like Scottish evolved. I think they probably like started from a similar place. Yeah. And evolved. But the Cape Breton music is maybe more closely related to the Highland music of Scotland. Yeah. That kind of uh. Gaelic speaking Part. Interesting. And I, I know there's a lot of Gaelic speaking on Cape Breton Island as well. So um, there's a tie to the language. Right. And the dance, from what I've heard, it it almost feels like it it went extinct a little bit on Scotland and they had this effort to bring Cape Bretoners over to like re-teach Whoa. it. Interesting. And you should, yeah, maybe talk to Nick more about that because I don't, I don't want to be an expert on that. But that is the story I've heard in it. Yeah. Um, I know it's true. They brought, you know, Cape Bretoners over to teach the step dancing That's in Scott back really in Scotland. Yeah, I, I think the idea of, well, I mean, it's like literally the no true Scotsman, you know, like <laughs> that level of <laughs> more Scottish than Scott. Yeah, um, it's like, yeah, how, what what is a cultural identity? Uh, can a cultural identity exist in a vacuum? You know, uh, isn't a, a big part of Scottish identity that it is under the influence of all of these other cultures that are, you know, um, I mean, I don't know the history of Scotland particularly, but I would, I would imagine that, um, maybe some, some similar things happened that to Scotland that happened in Ireland where it's just like, mm, don't play your, <laughs> do British stuff, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, do English stuff. Yeah, that definitely stuff. happened yeah. for sure. And so there are probably places more like places in the highlands and islands where that that music was maybe preserved a little yeah. bit better as well. Yeah. Um, wow, that's fascinating. But the the other thing I'll say about you kind of asked like what happens to the music yeah. is that um, it's a huge dance tradition in Cape Breton Island. So so much of the music is played for um, what they call like square sets that happen, and so you need a certain repertoire. And a certain tempo and all of that to make the dancing yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there, for example, um, there aren't a lot of jigs in the Scottish okay. repertoire. Yeah. But um, when you do a square set in Cape Breton, the first it's three figures, the first two figures are jigs. And so they took a lot of Irish jigs to play for that because yeah, they sure. wanted jigs for the, the dancing. So you get more you know, Irish jigs and then Scottish reels or something like that. And there's also a lot of composed jigs as well. But yeah, that's one example of like, we need jigs. It's a big, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not that there there aren't um, jigs in Scottish music, but. um, Well, what else do you want to play? Um, You gave me a big list of tunes. I gave you a big list of tunes. I think I learned like half the list of tunes. I think I tried to learn six tunes. Six. <laughs> yeah. Did you end up learning the one in 
A. Do you even want to go to Ooh. A? I'm thinking of the other Cape Breton tune I sent you, just while we're talking about Cape Breton. Yeah. Let's it was, um... Or play it. Yeah. I did this one. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a kind of similar... When do those... Is there, like, a rule for when those... I want this to be on record. Yeah. Is there a rule <laughs> for when those triplets happen? Or is it just they happen at any point when they need to? <laughs> is there, like, an intuitive place to guess where they're going to go? Um, I think wherever there's a, like, quarter note. Okay. You can just fill it in with yeah. a cut. That's kind of what I call that ornament. Um, cut. Yeah, it's a super strong feature of Cape Breton music. Well, well, I'll see. Uh, but I, yeah, there's no <laughs> there's no rule. Did you find the name of this one? Yeah, I did. The Jiddick Consolidated High School, 1991 grads. Oh my goodness! What what was the first word? No, not article. Oh, Jiddick is a town. Jiddick in Cameron. Okay, cool. Yeah. And this tune is by um, Kinnan Beaton, who is a um, great fiddle player, left-handed. Yeah. Well, this way. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do they do they um, string their fiddle backwards or do they play upside down? I think Kinnan plays upside down. Wow. They do it. I I know left-handed fiddlers in Cape Breton do it both ways. Cool. Um, <laughs> and Kinnan has a very well-known daughter named Andrea Beaton. She's a fiddle that's, player that as well. Familiar. Yeah. 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 So you might have heard of her. Yeah. But yeah, he wrote this one. Cool. Okay. Uh, Oh, thank you. Um, I'm really enjoying playing with you. And you're you're a good pedagogue. You're good at breaking <laughs> tunes up in a way that makes sense. I attended your Strats Bay class oh, yeah. yesterday. Um, and uh, before that class, I was ready to have you do a solo Strats Bay. And that might still happen. Um, but <laughs> no, after the class, I felt it. some hope that maybe we'd be able to play that together. So, which I think is a testament to your your teaching and I asked a bunch of like really specific questions and you had specific nuanced answers to them and it was great um maybe before we like talk more about that can we can we rewind yeah totally when when did you get into playing the fiddle at all 
Was it your first instrument? It was not my first instrument. Um, I grew up down the road from this camp yeah. in Big Rapids, um, Michigan. That's where we are. And um, I had a very musical childhood. I played the piano, like, very seriously, classical piano. Hmm. I played in band. I played, or I sang in choirs. I did, you know, musical theater, pit orchestras. Like, yeah, that, all the that stuff. That sort of thing, all the stuff. Um, and then really ha didn't have any that much exposure to traditional music. Mm. Um, but I went away to college. I went to Wellesley College in Massachusetts. It's outside of Boston. And sometime during the first year, some friends asked me to come to their fiddle concert. Mm. And I was so struck by it. Do you um, remember what kind of fiddling it was? I think it was this kind of like Cape Breton, Scottish, Irish. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Um, and I, sh I think I should also say, I don't want to discount this as an influence, that the Dixie Chicks were very popular yeah. at that time. And yeah. I was just so into them. And yeah. the, they have like female fiddle player. And, yeah. yeah. What's, is it uh, Marty? Marty McGuire? No. Marty. Marty, um, I think there was a last name change at some point. Okay. So I don't actually know. Yes. Yeah. But, but uh, um, just such a fun oh, yeah. band. And I don't know, just something about the fiddle struck me. So that summer I came home and I looked for fiddle teachers in the area so that I could kind of like prepare yeah. to try to join this fiddle club. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is called the Fiddleheads. Super fun. Um, and I found Bruce, who is the director at this camp yeah. here. And I probably took maybe half a dozen lessons mm. with him just to get started. Took my fiddle back to college and fearlessly joined that fiddle club without really knowing how to play. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Bruce plays like uh, old, old time. Totally. And I think well, all, we did, all yeah. we did was just work on holding, thing, holding yeah. things properly and making noise. It's an important stuff, part. <laughs> holding things and making noise. <laughs> yeah. Um, and fortunately, the director of the fiddle club agreed to come early and give me like a lesson beforehand every week. So That's that was generous. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, the other thing, I should give a shout out to Wellesley College because as part of my financial aid package i was allowed to get music lessons that's great at no cost wow um and the deal was as long as i was intermediate okay so we were sure. like okay by the end of the first semester when i have to play a jury yeah i will be intermediate yeah the pressure is <laughs> on so the pressure was on so um, you have to be somewhere in the vast <laughs> sea of intermediacy but i think I don't know. I just am so grateful that, that Wellesley College didn't like look at that and be like, she doesn't know how to play the fiddle. This isn't worthy of our time because it just became an obsession and a huge passion of mine and yeah. almost more than the like piano lessons I was getting there at the same time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful that that all came together. Awesome. So that was my start. And um, the instructors of that fiddle club were teaching a lot of Cape Breton tunes, a lot of you know, some other stuff too, Scottish, Irish stuff, but that was the Cape Breton stuff that really, really stuck. So I just kind of kept yeah. looking for that and going to camps and taking workshops and, um, this great organization in Boston, the Boston Scottish Fiddle Club. Mm. They run sessions and workshops and so tapped into them too. And yeah, yeah. that was kind of my story. 
Yeah, do you remember what it was? It sounds like you had a lot of access to different kinds of fiddling. Do you remember what it was about Cape Breton fiddling that particularly stood out to you? I don't know. It's just something about the way the tunes fit. Yeah, yeah and how they sounded. Um, I can't really explain it more than that. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I think part of it, too, is the, the community around it. And... Um, there's another great organization in the Boston area, the Canadian American Club. Mm. They run dances. Mm. And I started meeting people there, and they really, like, took me under their wing and showed me how to play dances and taught, taught tunes and, like, oh, you know, advice on visiting Cape Breton. Oh, if you go to Cape Breton, you know, check out this spot, meet this person. You know, they kind of, like, hook, yeah. hook you into the community. Um, and so that just felt really accessible yeah. Yeah. yeah well what do you want to play next um since we're in a do you want to do the tune that i wrote oh yeah corkscrew, corkscrew rush rush right <laughs> do you have a an explanation for um yeah at the beginning of the pandemic i got obsessed with house plants <laughs> and they kept just wandering down to our local like flower market and picking up a new house plant every mm-hmm. week and i found one that is just it's called a corkscrew rush, and it's oh. like a, a rush-type plant, but it's, it's leave or it's... I don't know what a rush-type plant is. I think it's like a marshy-type huh. reed. Like, it has like a hollow hollow tube kind of okay. leaf. Yeah. I should show you a picture later. But this one, the... They're not really leaves. The blades of grass... Sure, yeah. yeah. Are cor- all in, like, fun oh, corkscrew fun. shape. Fun. So, Great. that was like... There okay. it is. Great. Sounds like a name of a tune. Uh, I thought that maybe this was like some sort of. I've been at a lot of parties where there's like bottles of wine and no corkscrew, <laughs> and then we just get the most like kind of creative, daring people to be like, "Well, well I hear that if you get it with your shoe <laughs> or with your boot, yeah. you know, you bang it against the wall, it'll be fine." <laughs> you know. Oh, I love that uh, alternate uh, explanation for this. Corkscrew Rush? Corkscrew Rush. All right.
Thank you. I love that. And it's so sweet. And it's so, um, there's a lot of corkscrewing around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to my great consternation, I can't seem to write tunes that sound like Cape Breton tunes. It's so strange. W- was that the goal? You're like, I want to write in this yeah, idiom. I do want to write in that idiom. And my tunes just don't come out like that. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Huh. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it sounds like a. I'm not sure what. Yeah. Vaguely northern, but very but modern, but it also fits under the fingers. Yeah. But it, it's yeah. like fun to play, but it's not really yeah. in a specific. I mean, maybe There's... it's because it's like a bit clever. <laughs> maybe that's the issue. It's kind of a clever tune. And sometimes oh, clever you. tunes are just like, hmm, mm. it sounds traditional. It sounds yeah, too clever. Yeah, it sounds too clever. Yeah. And I like that, <laughs> to be clear. Well, yeah, there's a fine balance. I mean, I, I want my tunes to sound traditional, but I also want them to sound original. Like you want, yeah. you want something new. You want to say something new, maybe. Yeah. Um, but you don't want it to be too like intellectual either. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know if clever is too intellectual. Yeah, I was trying to not say intellectual because that makes you sound cold. And this yeah. is this has a lot of personality, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I didn't plot this one out or anything. I think sometimes I get into trouble if I try to make things too like symmetrical or yeah stuff. So this just kind of came out. So. It has yeah really satisfying jumps. <laughs> well, what else do you want to play today? Um. At some point, we're going to have we to have play to a Strathspey. Strathspey. Maybe, maybe we should do that Let's do next. Let's do Yeah. And then we can end... Maybe we could end on an old-time Yeah, tune. end on the yeah. one old-time tune yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Um, yeah, let's do it. Uh, we were playing the one in E minor. The one in E minor, well, Let me yeah. get down to down where to, I okay, like to cool. play E minor. Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, that's, that's great. Because there was, conf- like, confusion while we were teaching yesterday. S-T-R-A-T-H-S-P-E-Y. Strathspey. 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 And we did a little class on it yesterday um, because I went on a little rabbit hole bender in May <laughs> and, and, play- and posted and played and posted a different Strathspey every day. Call it Strath- Strathmay. 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 <laughs> I love a good Strathspey pun. Um, I actually wrote a tune called the Strads Bay for the time that I got to play a Stradivarius. Oh, nice. And I played a Strass. They handed it to me and I was like, I want to play a Strass Bay on this really nice (laughs) instrument. Um, yeah, so we did a Strass Bay class. So this one, um, is called, uh, well, I colloquially Cameron Chisholm, but I looked up the full name and it's Mabel Chisholm McQueen's compliments to her brother Cameron. Wow. <laughs> That's so great. That's great. It's like Fiona Apple titles. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. And they usually go into a reel. They're played for step dancing. And the step dancer will do stress bay into a reel. So, yeah. And um, then infinite reels, you said. Yeah, I did say infinite yeah. reels. Because um, the context in which I've seen these kind of dance stress bays happen is there'll be a, a square dance like group dancing all night. And then at a certain point, the fiddler will start playing a stress day and the floor will kind of clear. Everyone will go to the sides and that's when the solo step dancers will get up. Mm. And usually it's the first dancer that gets to do the stress bay Cause that always kicks things off. And then they go into a reel and you'll see like the dancer will go into the reel, do several reel steps and then just kind of like back off the floor and another step dancer will come in and pick up 
the real steps. And so as long as there are dancers coming out yeah. showing steps, the fiddler will keep playing yeah. reels. There you go. So infinite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll just do one today. And this, the reel we're going to do is called Glenora. And it sounds, I love it, it sounds super old, but it's actually composed by John Campbell. Okay. Who's a Boston area, Cape Breton fiddler. Cool. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so much you tackling these tunes yeah oh my goodness yeah that's that's um it's a it's such a it's a tune type that doesn't occur in any other tradition yeah and even even people who are around celtic music a lot just Mm. even sometimes like guitar players i know are just like (laughs) i don't know what to do yeah Yeah, that rhythm's really tricky. Um, I mean, but it's the reels, too. It's just like, you know, it's like, I know these scales, I know these notes, but the shapes are all different. And that's, I mean, feel, you know? that's what I feel about, like, sitting in on the old-time jams. Uh-huh. I just can't pick up the tunes. Yeah. And when they're, like, showed to me slowly, I, I'm like, oh, I understand it. Yeah. But it's something unexpected about the melody that just doesn't take the same shape yeah. that you're used to or something. Yeah, it's funny how many... Um, permutations like a seven note scale can have <laughs> you can do a lot with it <laughs> thanks so much for taking a little bit of your earful time to do uh more work doesn't feel well this is not work yeah <laughs> yeah i'm working hard but i but i don't count this as work this is really lovely <laughs> yeah it was really yeah, nice chatting with you stretching my brain um where do people go to get your album spark joy which is gorgeous thank you and uh there's the title spark joy in it which i i found out the the origins for yeah recently that it's a marie kondo send up <laughs> it is <That's> totally <laughs> uh yeah that was a big big trend around the yeah. time i was uh writing mm-hmm. writing tunes for this album so spark joy itself is a tune that i wrote yeah it's on the album yeah um, but yeah. then it's a, bun- a bunch of cape breton but it also stuff. is a bunch of yeah cape breton stuff yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was Spark Joy another tune that you um, 
intended to Tried write, to write in, it, in, yes. and then and wasn't made something all. new. A hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool. that was the other one I had in mind. Like, yeah. I set off to write a tune just like Glenora, you know, something yeah. like kind of short and simple, and it went a different direction. How do you prefer people to listen to that? Um, I don't really mind. As long as people are listening, I'm happy. But it Great. is on Bandcamp. Bandcamp. And all the tracks are on YouTube. Okay. Um, and I think they're on all the streaming services, yeah. too. Okay, so it's, cool. they're everywhere. Spark, yeah. Spark Joy, Rachel Reed. If anyone wants a physical copy, I have, like... Oh, yeah. No one listens to physical CDs well, anymore. So I have boxes nice in have. my yeah. basement. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. And I have a, a website... Rachel dot or rachelreads.com which I don't really keep updated but yeah there's information there okay, liner great. notes and stuff cool yeah. thanks so much for doing this what are we going to do for our last tune uh I picked out a Shetland tune Shetland because can you explain what that means yeah so the Shetland Islands are islands that are way off the north of Scotland okay almost halfway between Scotland and Scandinavia so yeah, wow. there's a big Scandinavian influence on this music. And it has always sounded, it has always kind of had an old-timey feel to it to me. Yeah. Or there's something about the bowing that's more slurred and smooth and less maybe jagged than yeah. the no, not as snappy. Cape Breton reels. Not as snappy. Yeah. Um, and I've always loved Shetland tunes. So this one is actually on the album. And yeah, let's play it. We can play it together. What what's it called? Oh, it's called another another crazy name. It's called Up the Strudes, the Sailor Goes. Up the Strudes, the Sailor Goes. The Sailor Goes. Yeah. Perfect. And it's it's D A instead of the because that's oh. just the kind of like dialect is huh. up, up the Strudes, the yeah. Sailor Goes. Um, and no I've heard it called fructose. Yeah. <laughs> What what is that? T H sounds. So I've heard it called "The Sailor Goes" and "Up the Streets," but the whole title is yeah. yeah. Up the streets, the, the sailor, sailor goes. goes. Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much, Rachel. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Cameron.
Visit rachelreads.com to get your copy of Spark Joy, her album of Cape Breton music, and to get in contact with her. I put a link in the show notes for this episode. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional Clawhammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set, available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.